Again to another SU oddities. Um, on this one, you know, it's interesting. Not necessarily weird, but you know, the world around us. Uh, you know, as much as we gather, and of course nowadays with oh, Jesus, you know, computers and social platforms, and like we're constantly connected. So you would think that you know we would know everything as human beings, but there's so much stuff out there um, that goes wayside that we just can't digest. But every now and again, it is neat to look back and go, you know what? There are some really cool facts about this world that we live in, um, and some of them are the most randomest, weirdest facts, and uh, we figured we'd throw some out there for you guys. So here we go. Dragonflies have a 95% success rate in killing their prey, making them the most successful predatory hunters on the planet. There you go. Fun fact. In comparison, cheetahs have a 58% success rate, and lions are successful only 25% of the time. Oh, poor lions. Dragonfly slender bodies, long transparent wings, and multifaceted eyes make the insects ideal hunters. They can fly at speeds up to 30 miles an hour. Jesus. And the wingspan and design offer the predatory insects agility and mobility um, for their prey that their actually other prey slack. Dragonflies are also equipped with multiple lenses and a vast field of vision with brain power that is evolved enough to course correct as soon as they lose sight of their prey. Holy shit, I'm kind of afraid of uh, dragonflies now. God damn. Uh, next up, in the BBC documentary Spy in the Pod, which is where I pulled this one up, dolphins playfully pass around a puffer fish, apparently getting high. <laughs> puffer fish produce a tetrodotoxin and saxitoxin, chemicals more potent than cyanide, as a defense mechanism. Although exposure to these chemicals can be fatal, small amounts of the substances have been known to induce a trance-like state in dolphins. Man, hippy-dippy dolphins, huh? The footage showed the pod of dolphins taking turns gently handling the puffer fish for 20 to 30 minutes at a time before floating just below the water's surface, gazing at the reflections. <laughs> the same pod was filmed tearing up a fish they consider food in seconds, making the intentional intoxication hypothesis even more plausible. These findings adds dolphins to the list of animals, including monkeys, horses, elephants, and humans, who enjoy getting intoxicated to the point of developing substance abuse problems. Yes, we, we know this. This is crazy. So um, here's another one, which is kind of disgusting, but interesting. So despite living in the ocean, manatees don't have swim bladders like fish to help them sink or float. The bones are completely solid and incredibly heavy, much like their closest land-dwelling relative, the elephant. To adapt, they store their farts and pouches inside to help them stay buoyant as they swim. Yes, folks, they store farts and pouches. That's just not a cool name for a band. Manatees, also known as sea cows, consume their body weight and vegetation every couple of months. Their digestive organs take up most of the space, but their metabolisms are very slow. The actual process of digesting their foods uh, take a lot of work and time. Uh, the sea veggies ferment for a week and produce large amounts of methane gas. So if manatees wanted to stay near the top of the water... All they have to do is hold in their gas. The methane gas creates uh, air pockets in their bellies that keep them afloat. When sea cows decide they're ready to sink back down, all they have to do is just let it go. So let it go, let it go. Um, and then here's another one too, another odd creature, speaking of manatees, uh, platypuses. Create milk, but don't feed their young via nipples. Instead, they excrete milk like sweat all over their stomachs and their babies lick it up. Oh, Ugh, don't want to see that process. Because platypuses are aquatic animals. They don't produce sweat. 
Um, so there's no chance of newly hatched babies ingesting perspiration along with their sustenance. Still, the feeding process is less hygienic than that of other mammals because the milk doesn't go straight from the nipple to the mouth. It just is like out there with every other infection, whatever have you. But, um, yeah, platypuses, not only are you weird creatures, but you are continue to be weird creatures. It's crazy. Here's another fun fact, not quite animal intent, um, but interesting. So, and here's some fa- uh, cool facts. Again, not really kind of moving out of the animal kingdom, but more towards just, uh, wow, this is this is crazy. Um, a genetic history article in 2003 reported that approximately 1 in 200 men are a direct descendant of Genghis Khan. Yes, 1 in 200 men. I'm sure I'm not one of them, but you never know. A study found a specific Y chromosome in 16 different populations throughout Asia that originated 1,000 years ago when Mongols established territorial dominance under the ruler. Genghis Khan forced women to marry him or one of his military chiefs to secure newly won territories. The practice resulted in the development of a super clan that squashed the power of possible rivals while steadily increasing the number of people in his lineage. Uh, because the Y chromosome is found only in men, proving ancestral ties to Genghis Khan is trickier for women. Still, around 17 million people can claim direct ancestral roots to the infamous warlord, or about 0.5% of the entire world's population, which is um, absolutely crazy. Um, and here's another fun fact you may or may not know. I heard the Genghis Khan one, but I, I, I thought I'd throw that out there. But here's a, another neat one here. So although you may think one horsepower unit would be equivalent to one horse's ability to work, the average horse can actually put up uh, to 15 horsepower. That's what they actually put out. So humans, meanwhile, can put out up to 1.2 horsepower. So when inventor James Watt made improvements to the steam engine, he needed to find a marketable way to ensure that people understood the value of purchasing said invention. Admitting that it could be put out about the same amount of work as a horse would be detrimental to the sales because most people... They already owned a horse. So he compared the engine's output to what a horse could do in an entire day, creating the illusion that the steam engine did the same work as 10 horses. Though the measurement wasn't intentionally misleading, it's also somewhat accurate. If you average out the amount of work one horse can do in a day, it equals about one horsepower. And you ever wonder why cars are like such and such more horsepower? Well, there you go. Now you know. So, um, and here's one that's kind of creepy, but uh, I'm going to cover it anyway. Although the original story of this creepy legacy is steeped in uncertainty, and it is. I stumbled on this a couple times, but it keeps coming up, so I'm just going to throw it out there to the masses to see what you guys think. Uh, one aspect of it remains certain. In 1958, manufacturers created a CPR dummy doll with the same facial characteristics as a woman who supposedly drowned in the Siena River in the late 1800s. In either the 1870s or 1880s, a pathologist created a death mask of a young woman's face. According to rumors, a woman was found floating in the CN, but others speculate the casting featured a living woman who never admitted the face belonged to her. Either way, the plaster cast uh, became so popular that it was mass-produced and displayed in homes all over France. And young women even changed their makeup styles, hoping to replicate the woman's ghostly look. Jeez, that's not macabre at all. Since then, L'Incagneau de la Seine, uh, Seine translated to Unknown Woman of the Seine, was uh, has actually been the subject of numerous artistic endeavors. Her likeness also has a mere practical use. It serves as the model for... Wait for it. Rescue Annie. The CPR dummy countless trainees have performed mouth-to-mouth 
on since its invention. Uh, another quick tidbit when you're coming to like masking and casting and things like that. And again, some of you may know it, some of you may not. But um, the actual mask that Mike Myers, Myers wears Friday the 13th, you know, we know that whole thing. Um, it's actually a William Shatner mask. Uh, they actually bought one and made the eyes bigger and cut the eyes out. Uh, messed up the hair, dyed it, and yeah, that's actually a mask that was sold uh, to be William Shatner off of Kirk, Kirk off Star Trek. But um, again, you guys probably know that, but there you go. There's a neat little tidbit. And here's uh, lastly another one, which is, um, ugh. Although Europeans in the 16th to 17th centuries called indig- indigenous Americans savage for eating other people and condemned Catholics for believing in transubstantiation, the bread and wine served at the Mass literally turned into the body of blood of Jesus, which I never could figure out. Cannibalism was also considered okay. Uh, hypocrites through and through, right? So pre-scientists and royalty, among others, regularly ingested the bones, blood, and fat of mummified cadavers in an attempt to heal a variety of ailments. The most common ingredients at first were bones. Physicians ground Egyptian mummies into powder, which actually covered this, mummia. Um, they used to stop internal bleeding. Doctors routinely prescribed bandages soaked in human fat for healing skin problems. Physicians also believe that ingesting human skulls could heal anything from headaches to epilepsy. So brain scientist, well, I don't want to call him a brain scientist, but anyway, Thomas Willis invented a concoction of human skull mixed with chocolate to cure apoplexy in his patients. And King Charles II of England often drank human skull powder along with alcohol to cure his depression. Uh, moss grows on skulls as they decompose, and early modern Europeans often gathered it to stuff up their sinus cavities to stop nosebleeds so uh, fresh blood was also valued but it was hard to come by those who wanted to experience the health and benefits but couldn't afford the tinctures and powders often attended public executions where they paid a small fee to get a cup of the newly deceased person's blood so there's that so there um, a bunch of facts and figures kind of mixed in some you know more uh, you know about mankind our society what things did and then some in the animal kingdom just interesting stuff that may, you know you may or may not cover but um, fun stuff nonetheless so close the gates everyone <laughs>